Blog Talk Radio.
she's not been consistent. However, she's 20 years old, so she has nothing to do but grow. I'm excited about her. Yeah, and we should be. And, you know, when you said that you have no bad things to say about her, you, uh, like about her, I, I was thinking to myself, yet. Because I know how savage mm-hmm. you are, and if she <laughs> has that one hiccup, I'm just waiting for you to go off like you uh, Sloan Stevens and the like. And speaking of Sloan Stevens, oh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was going to say, at least she didn't lose in the first round this time. I mean, she, she lost time, in the quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about that? But, but still, I just want to see, I, I just don't want to see uh, Naomi go down the same road as Sloan. I mean, Sloan just has all the talent in the world. I, I said this a thousand one times. If you've been there a thousand one, all a thousand one of those times. And when I say that, she has all the tools, but she just, she's just the ultimate underachiever with all those gifts that she has. And she, 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 she should have at least three or four majors by now. I mean, how old is she? Like twenty five? Well, I don't know like about that. that but <laughs> I, I don't. I'm honestly not sure how old she is. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe she should have that many majors if there wasn't a Serena Williams on tour at the same time as her. You always have to take that into consideration. Uh-huh. Um, but she, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to make of Sloan. I don't know if she's an underachiever. I don't know if she just doesn't always care. I feel like she just doesn't have this fire in her belly that champions mm-hmm. have. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Well, enough about her, but uh, but, but, but I was going to say one more thing about Naomi um, is that, you know, she, I, I, like I don't know if you heard it, she got that fat, that fat new new deal coming with uh, Adidas, a sponsor that's going to pay her upwards of 8.5 mil per year as a result of her winning uh, the U.S. Open, like, like because she was originally on a, six, a low six-figure deal. Which is fine for a nineteen twenty year old, right? Just right. just making just trying to find a way. But she's at the top now. And as you know, as you know, of, of course she's about to be on the first being rewarded quite handsomely. As well as, you know, just I think that she's gonna get like a car endorsement and you know, the fact that they you know that, that Adidas and company are gonna bank it on her 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 her, uh, her multi ethnicity, you know, if you will, her of a Japanese and Haitian background, which I'm happy to say that she's embracing the hell out of both backgrounds, especially Haitian background, which is refreshing. Um, take that, uh, Madison Keys and company. But at any rate, uh, <laughs> long story short, I mean, it looks like she's, it looks like, you know, given that Serena is a hero of of hers and she is like really stand the hell out of Serena, she made no bones about it. I, I, I to something about Naomi. Osaka screams that she's going to be around for a long time near the top, if not at the top. And I, hope I, she I does. think she's just she's getting started. I think she's just getting started. Yeah, that's the way it's looking. I mean, I'm excited for her. I'm here to cheer her on for sure. I like her. I like her game. Um, hey, do your thing, girl. I, I just, I really hope she doesn't crumble under the pressure of what comes with being a Grand Slam champion all of the endorsements, the media demands, you know, someone who yeah. I, I think she's gotten some attention because of who her coach is and where he used to be brings a little extra attention right. to her um, but this sure. is a big deal this is a really big deal and you know, you talked about her Haitian roots but she does play under the Japanese flag and Japan doesn't right. Japan treats their athletes very, very well and she will be a rock star in that country. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on her, too. So I, I hope she can handle it. I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so, too. So she says she seems like a very nice young lady, very humble. But so, so best of luck to Miss Naomi Sasaka. So out with the good and with the bad slash ugly. I mean, that U.S. <laughs> Open final, I mean, I wish we would be able to celebrate for what it is, you know, a crowd of a new of the next great, the last next thing, if you will, beating you know the mint, the minty beating the mentor, so to speak, and Serena Williams. I just, you know, here's one rule. I mean, I wrote about this on my blog yesterday. I was like, this, this, this. No matter what the sport, right? 
there's one rule that all officiating crew members should abide by: remain anonymous. I don't want to know right. your name. I don't want to. I don't. It could be you know. I don't want to know your background, your front, because if I know your name, if I find out who you are as a ref, chances are you did something pretty stupid and enter this guy this quote-unquote uh, chair umpire guy, Carlos Ramos. You know, we all saw what happened. You know, basically he gave her, gave Serena a warning over, like, perceived, like, coaching. Yeah, I guess in tennis you can't do except coaching, which is odd. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm, from what I heard from many people that a lot of tennis stars, it happens with them. It just doesn't really get called on. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, like a nort. But I guess in this news case, he decides to call on it, which led mm-hmm. to Serena just defending her character, saying that she's not a cheater. And then, which led to later on in the match, she was frustrated with a point that she missed. She slammed the racket down. And, yes, I know you're not supposed to slam the racket down, but I see many dudes on the men's side slam the racket down. And nothing mm-hmm. happens. But, of course, Cole Carlos decides to dock her uh, with the game or a point. That was the point. Around. That was the point. Oh, that was the point. Okay. Right. And then last but not least, uh, <laughs> the coup de grace, led to, which led to a third violation with her arguing with him over, like, what? That led to a game. And that's what pretty much put the nail in the, in, in the coffin for Serena. I mean, because Serena was battling back in the second set because she got decimated in the first set. Right. And right. The, the, the whole thing is, it ruined that whole thing. I mean, people can say what they want about her, like being petulant or whatever, or the dude that's trying to take the match in his own hands and, make a, and let his ego decide it. Every, it, it. Either way, everyone lost. I mean, what should have been a crowning chief of a name was, was, was put a, had a huge damp on it to the point that she mm-hmm. cried in the ceremony because people were booing. You know, right. they were booing, even though they were booing the outcome, they were booing the efficient more than the outcome, rather, and not her per se. It's just she had to feel bad for her. And credit to Serena for consoling her the best way that she could. But I just felt like Carlos Ramos just did a great disservice and, decide, and, and let his ego help decide the match. Instead of letting the, the, the match play between the mentee and the mentor. And that's pretty unfortunate. So, with all that said, I know you have a lot to say, and I'm sorry I didn't, I've been talking all this time, <laughs> so I'm going to give you the floor, and I'm going to sit down in my folding chair and let you unleash right now. Okay. So let me tell you how this typically works. Okay. The umpire usually gives a soft warning, which is a warning, right. but means the next time around they do not get a point penalty. The consensus really is, listen, this is a grand slam final. This isn't round one. This isn't round two. Like you said, you do not want to insert yourself in this match. You do not want to have anything to do with the outcome of this match, right? Which is clearly Mm -hmm. stated in the International Tennis Federation's official's code of conduct. They are not to – they are to remain neutral at all times on every mm-hmm. level. That is their job, yes. okay? Coaching happens all the time. It is an archaic rule um, on some levels. It's slowly changing. The women's tour does allow coaching at non-Grand Slam levels. That being said, at a Grand Slam, it is not allowed. However, everyone does it. I have witnessed it with my mm. own eyes. I have seen hand gestures. I have seen conversations take place. Sometimes it gets called. Sometimes it does not. I will tell you that it's often a matter of the umpire saying, listen, I see what's going on. You better cut it out. Next time it's a warning. Because there is, you know, there's a steady protocol of how it goes. You get a warning, then you get a point penalty, then you get a game penalty. If somebody, anybody can ever tell me when 
there was a game penalty taken in a Grand Slam final. I want to know about it because I don't think it's ever happened. And it sure as hell would right. never happen on the men's side. Never, ever, ever. There is no way in hell a chair umpire is ever going to take away a point from Rod- or a game from Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, or Novak Djokovic, especially not when that game is going to lead to the other person serving for the match. It's just not going to happen. It is not going to happen, okay? Mm-hmm. So, that being said, Carlos Ramos <laughs> is known for being a bit of a stickler to the rules, okay? He is. But he seems to have a history with the Williams sisters as well. Mm. He did. He didn't take a game away from Venus a few years ago, but he said something along the same lines of her being a cheater. You know, mm. what Serena said to him that lost her the game was, you're a liar and you're a thief, okay? That's what she said. Yeah. And he deemed that as verbal abuse. Nobody wants to be called a liar. Nobody wants to be called a thief. But believe me when I sure. tell you, that Fabio Fanini from Italy called the chair umpire a cunt. That, my friend, is verbal Mm. abuse. Right. Believe me when I tell you that Carlos Ramos gave Novak Djokovic a racket violation for smashing his racket, but then later gave him a soft warning. So whereas you're supposed to go, warning point game, there are yep. examples of when he did not do that. Yet, this wasn't sexist, mm-hmm. right? This wasn't racist. None of that can be talked about. Bullshit. However, yeah. let it be known that when men throw tan- temper tantrums on court, we hear the commentators say they just got to let off steam let them, let them just get it out. Yeah. And you know what? That's what he right. should have done for her. And let's be real. Serena Williams has more Grand Slam titles than anyone on tour, men or women. But she certainly has is the leader of the women. And when Novak gets mad, which he often does, he has temper tantrums all the time, we let it slide. We let it slide. In this same tournament, different umpires, same tournament, we saw – Mohamed Leani get out of the chair, console Nick Kyrgios, and basically tell him, I think you're tanking, you're better than this, I like you, start playing good tennis. And everybody said, it's okay, that was a rule violation. But we didn't talk about it in the same way. But here we have Mm -hmm. Serena Williams, the black woman, tell an umpire, you're a thief. You stole a point from me, and boom, what's he do? He steals a game. The problem is the rules are not consistent. The problem is the referee in that chair is the end-all, be-all, say-all. And if he got a little butt hurt, listen, what he did was absolutely within the rules. It sure was. I don't deny that for a second but I would bet my life that that shit would never happen in the Grand Slam final of a men's match. It would never, ever, ever happen. Ever. Ever. You know what? I'm He's glad not you said this. I'm looking it? at, I'm looking, yep, you know, I'm looking at my blog, and someone posted a screenshot of all the crap that, that Ramos dealt with on the men's side over the past few years. Mm-hmm. No, notably, like, for example, like, uh, he got in an argument with Ramos at the French Open and called him crap. He yeah. received multiple warrants, but he did not have any, any points or games docked. Rafael Nadal at the 2017 French Open threatened him. Got yes. two verbal warrants, but did not have a point or game docked. Uh, right. And, uh, and what's that dude's name, Nick? I can't pronounce that. Curios. 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 Got in a yelling match with Ramos at the 2018 Australian Open, but no mm-hmm. code violations were issued. Lady Murray yeah. got called, got a code violation for allegedly calling, calling Ramos stupid at the Rio Olympics. Yeah. And last but not least, your boy Djokovic again screamed, not just yelled, just screamed at Ramos during the 2018 Wimbledon tournament, threw his racket, 
and even pretended to throw the ball at the umpire. Never lost a point or a game. They well, have, there you go. There you go. There you have it. It's just, it's just amazing. I mean, it's you, you hope, you hope that sexism and racism would would not have that much of a bearing on a tournament, especially a major tournament like the U.S. Open or any tournament for that matter. But God damn, man. Well, let me share something. Reading with all you of that. Let, let me share something that people may not know. Your listeners. You know, tennis has Hawkeye technology, which means the ball gets called in or out. Somebody disagrees with it. It's their instant replay system, right? The whole reason that tennis has that technology is because of Serena Williams. That is the reason. Because she got bad call after bad call, horrible bad calls, way back when at the U.S. Open with Jennifer Capriati. That is what brought on Hawkeye technology, okay? Then we have the incident where she, you know, the, I'm going to shove this fucking ball down your throat incident. We have that. Um, mm-hmm. She just has these repeated bad experiences at the U.S. Open. She just truly does. But yet nobody wants to take that into consideration when – she gets so upset when something happens because it's almost like, you know, you can't erase those memories. You really right. can't. I mean, she got a she got a point penalty when she was playing Kim Clijsters from an umpire that made her lose a game that ultimately that. made her lose the match. I mean, this keeps happening right. to her. Why does it keep happening to her? This is the question that we yeah. need to ask. Why is it over and over and over again Serena Williams? Carolina Pliskova beat the shit out of her racket, hit the chair umpire's chair. That could have broken and he could have fallen over, and she got a $7,000 fine. Serena told somebody, you're a liar, <laughs> $17,000. Now, those are all her fines added up. I mean, yes, they are, but... It's mm-hmm. just it's a fair everything in tennis is subjective. Everything is subjective and she always comes out on the top end of the fine list. And it's not just her, it's people of color. I mean it's people of color. They tennis is the whitest of the white sports and they always get judged the harshest. And all you have to do is look at the fines and the crime to see what it was. It's, I mean, to me, it's very obvious. Nick Curios, I'm, I don't know if you've seen it. He's like looking like he's jacking off a bottle of water. He never said a word. <laughs> Making his water, you know. He's like, eh, 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 and there goes the water. You know what that cost him? $17,000. Heather Matthews, black girl from mm-hmm. England, she disrespected the Wimbledon grass. Disrespected grass, not a person, not another player. The grass. Why you disrespect the grass? Were you sticking? The Hello. What, what was happening? She hit it with her racket. Eleven thousand dollars. But let me tell you this: Denis Shapovalov, white fella from Canada, mm-hmm. in anger, hits the ball. It hits the chair umpire in the eye. He couldn't finish the match because he couldn't see. He was defaulted. That was the end of it. He was he was defaulted. The the match was over. But you know how this mm-hmm. man needed surgery. He had to get surgery. You know how much he was fined? Seven thousand dollars. Wow. He physically assaulted someone. Seven thousand dollars. About to say that's assault, man. Wow. Nick Curios shook some water in what was perceived as a vulgar manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seventeen thousand dollars. Serena calls someone a liar, smashes a racket, $17,000. And you better believe there are more fines coming because those fines come in waves. The tournament finds you, and then whoever else, the ITF, the WTA, blah, 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 they all get in on it. And the people of color come out of their pockets more than anybody else. Someday I'm going to have to give this sport up. Yeah, I'm about to say, this is your sport. <laughs> you, you son, you're about to say, ah, oh, the hell with it. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it's um, so clearly just messy. I'll, I'll share this with you and then, sure. you know, I can be done, whatever. But I, I, I interviewed, <laughs> I interviewed Sasha, Naomi's coach in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get him to talk about race because he really does sit in a unique spot. He has coached and been on teams with women of color and, um, white people, white women. He's, mm-hmm. he's been with Caroline Wozniacki. He was with Victoria Azarenka. He's been with Serena. He's been with Naomi, okay? So he sits in a unique mm-hmm. spot. I asked him to talk about that, and I asked him if he it was perceived, you know, from where he sits, are they treated differently on tour? Do you think people of color are treated differently on tour? You know what he said to me? He put his hands up. He stretched out real far, and he went, wow. I am really uncomfortable. I really don't want to talk about this. Okay, fine, Sasha. Mm. It is a difficult conversation, and you don't have to talk about it. And I didn't push it. I didn't know if he would give me anything on it or not, but I was going to ask the question. But you know what? If there was no perceived difference, he would have immediately said no. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, he knew it. That's why he probably had a lot to say on it, too. That's why he probably was like, you know what? Yeah, probably sit those on out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. because I'm sure he has stories about that. I'm sure he has stories about that. I'm sure he's seen it. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure at least he, he didn't lie to well. you. No, that's true. Yeah, at least he didn't lie to you. true, but, you know. You know. he could have done that. He could have went in straight denial, but credit to him for not doing that. One last thing, sis. Um, well, you know, this whole flap with the fishing, this this. Rumors of the chair umps boycotting, threatening to boycott future Serena matches and going forward. Um, is this just? Is this just people just blowing smoke? Is this? Is this should be? Is, or should we really be concerned about this? And what would be said fallout if all this went down? I don't really take it seriously at this point. I think it's. I you know. I don't know. Um, I, I did read about that a little bit, but now I'm reading about the umpires are maybe going to form a union, blah, blah, blah. Listen, mm-hmm. umpires in tennis, even though they have the power that they have, they're really peons. They don't get paid very much. Like Carlos Ramos was due to make $450 for officiating that match. They don't make they don't make anything in comparison Damn. to what an NFL referee makes or an NBA referee or and you know a baseball umpire it's it's not even comparable they they don't make right. shit okay so i don't really see anybody saying they're not going to work because they can't afford it and that's the truth mhm mhm so mm-hmm. i i don't really take that seriously and i think you know if they tried to do that i don't think it would it would serve them in a favorable way because at yeah. the end of the day, Serena Williams is synonymous with tennis. And somebody, somewhere, Billie Jean King did a little bit, you know, step up and talk about it. But I would like to think that tennis is going to side with Serena. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will. Because that she's, she's, she's just, just to be honest, she's a cow's cow. Well, Serena, ratings will go away. Uh, the interest of, would, would go away, and you know, yeah, I totally agree with that. So uh, it's just in their best interest to protect that cash cow, so to speak. So yep, yeah, yep. So there you go. Hey, Janina, thank y'all. For, uh, well, thank you. I should say for tuning in. So again, <laughs> tell us again about your show, when it's going to be on, and what you'll all be talking about. So we are Real Tennis Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, wherever you find your podcast. We typically put out a show once a week that drops on a Monday or Tuesday. We're not, you know, super consistent. We run on um, <laughs> CP time. CP time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. But thank you cool. so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. And it's always a pleasure having you on. Be savage. Stay savage. Love that. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Good night.
that's that's Mohammed Janina Reed. Again, check her out on the uh, on YouTube podcast of a team of, of three folks here talking tennis, real real tennis fans. Get on it. Anyway, out with the U.S. Open and with the NFL. And here, you know, you know, my boy, my main man is on the phone. Y'all know him from the Yards HBC Sports as well as Sleazy Radio here on Baltimore Radio once a week. And he has another gig. About to start, if that's already started, Dwayne Nash is going to tell us about that. So, D-Nice, first of all, thank you for, <laughs> for, for coming on and rapping with me about all things NFL. But tell us right quick about this new venture of yours that you're about to embark on. Or if you have all right, before, all right, well, before I get into that, first and foremost, I have to say, Miss um, Page, am I correct? Is that what her name is? Uh, you're talking about like the my first guest, like Janina Reed. Janina Reed. Reed, I'm sorry. I, I knew I was going to jack that That's up. Okay. You know how I am, Scott, with <laughs> jacking up names. But Janina Reed, I swear every time I listen to her on your show, Talking about tennis, I learned something new. Man, that was very informative, the conversation you guys had about uh, the Serena yeah. Williams situation. And I will say, D.L. Hughley said it best. The worst place a black person can live is in the imagination of a white person's mind. It's all about mm-hmm. the anticipation of what we will or what we could do when we get angry. Mm-hmm. That's why it seems like certain situations seems to be further out of control when it pertains to us than it does anybody else uh, in, in the WTA and in, in, uh, men's tennis as well. But this new venture. All right. Uh, as of this month, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, my first article, and I will be working as a contributor and a partner All right. with Herosports.com. If your listeners have okay. not heard of Eurosports.com, they are a sports website. They cover all aspects of sports, from college uh, sports to pro sports. But their focus is FCS football. So, of course, with my coverage of HBCU football, that is my yeah. wheelhouse. That is the things that that is the storylines that I will be contributing to Hero Sports. So on a weekly basis, I will have at least a story dealing with the goings-on of HBCU football. Hopefully, I can start convincing them about the importance of HBCU basketball as well on both the D1 mm-hmm. and the D2 levels so I can continue that relationship into the spring as well. But, yes, I will be working with Herosports.com as it pertains to FCS HBCU football. That sounds panic. Congrats again, and uh, big ups, bro. Big ups. You've come Thank a long you. way, Thank you. baby. <laughs> You've come a long all way. Good. All it is, man, is it's been about the love. And actually, you know, you you play a small part in it as well, man, just getting me and, and, and my chops together and getting me, helping mm-hmm. me get refined with all the work that I've been doing. And I thank you. So everybody who I've worked with up until this point, Man, because without them, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So thank you, brother. Man, it's my pleasure, brother. And I appreciate the journey we've been on. And you know, we, and you know how I feel about you, man. So it's it's all good. Hey, same here, that. man. Same here. Yeah, you got it, bro. Um, so week one, NFL, bro. Lot of oh. things to take away. Lots of things. First of all, your 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 skin showed out, uh, albeit against the Arizona Cardinals. And, and and King Porcelain himself, Sam Bradford, but y'all did the yes. same thing, um, as well as um, uh, how about the the Jets just just like just laying the woodshed to Detroit on the road Monday night game, oh. just just laying yes. the wood. Sam Donald's a player. Sam Donald's that he dude. Is. He, he's he's going to be that dude. I think he's going to be that dude. After that pick six, he didn't fold. He came out ball. He came out slinging. He's gonna be a dude. He's gonna be a dude. And exactly. I tell you what, the Giants better hope and pray that he does. He doesn't turn into that dude because you know he, they like the the Giants passed on him, and the Jets said, "Okay, gee, thanks, I'll take him." <laughs> in their city, at, at, at no less yeah. in their city, and you know the thing about Sam Darnold. Now he 
he, he had a good day. He didn't have a monster day. He passed for about, what, 197, two touchdowns, had that one pick six. But the thing is, right. he did what he needed to do in that offense because, of course, Todd Bowles, defensive guy, is going to want to run the ball and play staunch defense. See what the Jets right. did? He, like you said, he didn't fold after that pick six. Anyone else? We don't know what happens in that situation. Matter of fact, Chase, in, in comparison, uh, 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 Deshaun Kaiser, second-year guy. Oh, my God. Uh, after yeah. uh, 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 Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, he comes in, has that strip fumble, looks antsy ever since, man. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, for Kaiser's sake, he can turn it around, you know, and get his situation straightened out, man, because – Looks like it wasn't just Cleveland. Looks like it may just be him. But to, to look yeah. at a, a second-year guy <clears throat> against a first-year guy in a similar situation, well, not even similar, from a starting role versus a backup role in a situation where they both had turnovers that turned into touchdowns and how they played afterwards, completely different. So, yes, Sam Donald, not fantastic, but good enough within that system to win that game. Yeah, well said. Against a defensive mind isn't head coach at that. Yeah, exactly, and 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 and, and I'll have it for Todd Bowles too because he's had he's had the ball distance since been in New York, man. No quarterback, yes. no talent offensively, but it looks like this this is promise. I know it's one game. I'm not going to go all out and overhead at the one game, but it's a hell of a great stuff for Todd Bowles. So we'll see going forward. Um, another shocker. Tampa going down to New Orleans and hanging 48 points on the Saints. My God. My God. Brian now Fitzpatrick throwing for 417 yards and four touchdowns. Brian Fitzpatrick this, from Harvard. This Bama finds a way everywhere he goes. I don't know how he does it, but everywhere he goes, he finds at least one super game. I remember that super game he had in Buffalo. Remember yeah. last year when, when people talked about the uh, the Jets quarterback situation and how they were going to end up going 0-16. But behind his play yep. and that great defense and the running game, once again, Todd Bowles, he comes yep. in and, and they do well and they win about five games. He goes down to Tampa in a situation against the, the Saints, who were a playoff team last year, and a defense which was which was fantastic last year, top ten. Yeah, a lot of people Super Bowl them up too. for forty eight. Yeah. Yep. Who knew? Yep. With, with, with the same bigger, with the same receiving core that uh 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 uh, uh God, what's his name that Winston has and I think he may have put up as many points or more points than Winston has ever put up in Tampa. I need to talk oh, on that, true. but yeah, he's he's, he's forty eight points. Right you know, in week one with the same tools, the dude finds a way, man. I don't know how. Yep. I mean, that's how he got those paid days in Buffalo and New York. Yeah. He has games And that's like how that. he's still in the league. He, yeah, he has games like that where the expectations are low as hell. What's the expectations, uh, as, as, as Shannon Sharp would say, expectations are he throwing him. <laughs> That's when he reverts back to the mean, if you will. Uh, yeah. You know, being a, a guy not, not not lightly going out coming out of college. Um, but man, as I scroll through here, I got two more games that okay. are, that were pretty ugly. I'm gonna start. Well, first of all, like before I get to the two, I must give props since I live in Cincinnati. Yeah, I give props to the Bengals and Hootie Nation. That was a good win, going mm-hmm. what twenty. 20, 21 unanswered points. What was it? Oh, yeah, 21 unanswered, like yes. In the fourth quarter, yeah. Yes. The Colts. And, and actually, Andrew Luck played, played very well. I mean, he, he threw, he had 53 pass attempts, but he had two touchdowns in that one pick that was off a of deflection. Um, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, he, he played pretty decent. Um, but I'll say this um, those two ugly ass games. Oh. The Baltimore, Buffalo, Baltimore game. I think Buffalo's going to. I think Buffalo's going to be the worst team in the NFL. I know. I just can't just might. Overreact, overreact, but they are terrible. They have no quarterback. About the door mm-hmm. of a rookie, Josh, whatever his last name is. I, I forget the young man's name. Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. And I did not like him coming out of Wyoming 
as far as how high he was pitched, just because he fit the physical prototype. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, they were taken to the woodshed by Baltimore. In addition to, obviously, no quarterback, they have no offensive line. They're devoid of offensive weapons outside of Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. The defense ain't all that great. And keep in mind, this mm-hmm. was a playoff team last year. I know they barely got it by the chin, hair, the chin, 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 at the expense of the Ravens losing to, to, the, to, to the Bengals, as I said earlier. But they weren't supposed to be this bad. I mean, they went no. from 9-7 to just being outright terrible. And yeah. I don't – look, it's hard to go 0-16, even though Cleveland, like, <laughs> did it in the, the lines a few years ago. But this team has no more than two wins written all over it. They're just terrible. Absolutely terrible. And then yeah. the coup de grace – my Steelers tying the freaking Browns. Yeah. <laughs> we were a block yeah. away from losing the Cleveland Browns. Let, this, let that sink in for a minute. And the fact that Big Ben played like, once again, played like Large Benjamin, he had three mm-hmm. interceptions, two lost fumbles, pretty much game, tried to give the game away to Cleveland. He did. But Cleveland went Cleveland. Like, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, uh, the starting quarterback, he threw an interception late where they were, could have, where they were driving to put a game on the field goal in regulation. And then they got a, a, a kick blocked to end, to essentially end the game in overtime. And before that, we, our reliable kicker was wide right, was wide left, with, no, was right wide left, yeah, wide left on the field goal. And uh-huh. was Point blank range, and yeah, that just wasn't a good day. But at least James Conner was that dude with 192 total yards. But yes, Big Ben did not look good at all. But 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 give me your thoughts on games that were ugly and what stood out to you some more as well. I I talked too much. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Those two games actually really stand out. And and here are my reasons that are slightly different than what you pointed out. First and foremost, with the uh, Baltimore-Buffalo game. Remember yeah. about draft time when all the analysts were having a huge circle jerk over Josh Allen. Oh, my God, 6'5", uh, huge hands coming from Wyoming. He is that prototype big – exactly. You know, just, just yeah. having – oh, my God, just going mad and with it in his hands about Josh Allen. Big hands. He's going to be great in Buffalo. And then you have – actually, even before that, Remember the, mm-hmm. the All-Star game he was in? He had a huge day with the big pad. He was throwing 70-yard bombs. Oh, my God, hitting receivers. But yet somehow, some way, we completely forgot about how he looked when he was at Wyoming, passing for 50%, and just not, not really being a star at Wyoming. So you get him with an office that has nothing other than LaShawn McCoy against a top right. 15 defense in, in, the, in the Baltimore Ravens, and what do you think was going to happen? Exactly what happened. And you're right. Yeah. It's hard for teams to go 0-16, even though Cleveland has notoriously said, hold my beer and, and watch what I do. Right. And done it before, you know, and almost did it again. But I don't, I don't know if this team goes 0-16. I've got to look at their record. I want to see – who and who they're facing that they may be able to beat, but as of right now, man, I can't think of anybody. And then to go yeah, into I, that um that 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 yeah. uh, that that Pittsburgh's uh, Cleveland game. Yeah. I'll tell you like this, bro. I had somebody tell me, and, and I'm sorry to have to bring HBCU sports into this conversation briefly, but I will. <laughs> go right ahead. Someone told me. After the A&T Jacksonville State game, when A&T won that game, beating the team that had won 41 straight games against FCS opponents in, regular, in the regular season, but I was told after that game they weren't great, but I digress. You win 41 straight games mm. against someone within your same level. I don't know how that's not a good team, but once again, I digress. I was told but. any team that can cause at least three turnovers, in a game, any competent team that does that should win. 
Cleveland turned over, Pittsburgh turned the ball over five times and walked away with a tie. That lets you know how semi-competent they ain't. So get ready. I'm not going to say <laughs> they're going to have a bad season, but according to this Bama that said that any semi-competent team can win if they get over three turnovers and they didn't do it at home, something yeah. wrong, bro. Say what you will. And an opener. Against the rival. Exactly. Say what you want about Big Ben. Big Ben has bad games and seems to turn it around. He does that. Connor, congratulating him, especially with his journey of dealing with cancer, coming back, yes. and then getting into the NFL and having his huge game. But it says something about the Le'Veon situation, his talk about how many touches he gets to the game. Connor had 35 total touches in that game yeah. from rushing the ball and receiving. That's a lot for week one. Get ready for the rest of the week, young blood. I know you're young, but you won't get that work, bruh, until Avion comes back. Yes, will. That's if he comes back. But, yeah, you won't get that work. And, and you won't have to prove yourself when you do. But, yeah, that says a lot about what Avion's been complaining about and why he ain't back and, and why he wants more money. But, you know, I got to show Shakespeare that he comes back to at least make himself free agent eligible by yeah. next year. But that's a whole other conversation. He's gone. Yes. He's as good as gone next season. He's, he's good as gone. Yes, he is. And I can't blame yeah. him because he's, one, he's the best all-around running back in the league by far. I don't care about what you yes. have to say about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Bump that. But Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson at Arizona, the two best all-around backs, and 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 Todd Gurley, the three best all-around yeah. backs in the league. Well, got we paid. saw what Zeke did without we saw what Zeke did without a receiving core uh, this past yeah. weekend. So right. get ready for more eight in the box, Zeke. No, I hope no, you no, like no. it. Yeah, yeah. I, and by the way, I like to be not because Dallas. Looked bad and they got beat by the Carolina Panthers, which even made it more definitely sweet. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but one last thing about that stat that your boy, the alleged Bama, gave you. Um, there's a stat out there for teams, for NFL teams who forced, who 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 had a net plus five turnover ratio differential, uh-huh. with 350 some odd wins. Uh, three losses and one tie. Oh, the wow. Cleveland Browns accounted for two of those losses. Yeah, get this, but check this. Cleveland accounted for two of those losses and the lone tie. That's how bad it was. Are you kidding me? Out of all of those situations, Cleveland is all <laughs> 2 and one Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh. Yes. yes. For teams, again, it's, it's a stat. It's a, it's a stat. Teams who force who have a plus five turnover differential in the game are three hundred fifty some odd wins, three losses and one tie. The Browns account for two of the losses and the lone tie. There you go. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Which makes me even more oh. upset that my Steelers tied those guys. As horrible yeah. as they played, they came with the tie. But anyway, I digress. But anyway, um, so going forward, going forward the next week, you look at the hand, I know it's early as bleep when it comes yeah. to picking games on a week to week basis, but damn it, it's the NFL. That's what we do. Let's do it. Um, exactly. so I'm going to go straight down right quick, and I'm going to call it the games. We'll both give our quick predictions, and I guess we'll keep it moving. So, starting with tomorrow night's game, Baltimore at Cincinnati. I got Cincinnati going 2 0. Interesting. Because my, my, thought, my thought on that is both teams have something to prove after going 1-0 and last right. week. I got a strange yep. feeling Baltimore walks away with this 2-0. and Actually, and I hate to wow. say this out loud, I actually picked Baltimore to be a wild card team this year. But I think Baltimore walks away with this one, and they start the season out 2-0. and and, and the best team wow. uh, in the NFC North by after week two. Oh, oh. Well, next week, well, next week. I mean, so I saw the Sunday game. Again, the Sunday games now. Carolina and Atlanta. Very intriguing game. I got Atlanta winning because they're at home. They give the Panthers fits when they play in, in, in Atlanta for some reason. So, I got the Falcons in the, in the close game uh, in that one. Um, you know what? 
no Keekly, no Owen, not Owen, I'm sorry, no Olsen, I'm taking Atlanta right. as well. Yep. It's too bad about Olsen, man. I mean, I think he yes, may is. be the end for him, which is just a sad. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his. He's a very underrated tight end. But yes, anyway, he is. San Diego, I, I'm sorry. Well, you know what, bump it. I'm not calling the LA Chargers. They should be San Diego. So San Diego at <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> I got two teams that took it. Oh yeah, two teams that took the L last week. Buffalo's L was worse, and they look worse. I'm taking the Chargers in this one as well. Yeah, and I know what people say about West Coast teams traveling across country playing the one o'clock games, but Buffalo's horrible. So give me. So I'll take the Chargers in this one. Um, Very interesting game: Minnesota, Green Bay at Lambeau. Everybody's just playing on one leg, which is why the Vikings are going to come after them and they're going to come after them hard. I got the Vikings in this one. Dude, I'm surprised we didn't really talk about uh, the Aaron Rodgers game too much. Last I know. Watch that thing work of art. But, like you said, Vikings come after him. The thing is, the difference in this situation in this game than against Chicago, yes. The, the, the Vikes defense is better than Chicago, but their offense is also better than Chicago's. Even though Trubisky mm. looked well in those final two drives, I blame that on coaching. I blame that on Nagy and, and his play calling toward the end of that fourth quarter. Yeah. It's a situation Chicago could have won on the road. They should have won. won. Yes. They should have won. Yeah, but that doesn't happen with, with, with the Vikings. I'm taking uh, Minnesota in that one. Houston at Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, like, uh, they lost uh, uh, their quarterback, uh, Marcus Mariota, late in the game. Delaney Walker, the tight end, is out for the season. So I think mm-hmm. he's coming in, and I see him getting on, like, on, on the W side. I got them winning in Tennessee. For the exact same reasons why I have Tennessee winning as well. You mean Houston, right? Not, yeah, I'm in Houston. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I don't All know right. what, man. This whole Tennessee, Houston, Oilers, Texas thing, man, yeah. I always get it mixed up, man. I always get it mixed up. I you, know what they, you know what? You know what? The, 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 the Bud Adams family, I know his, his, his daughter Amy's running it now. She should hand over the Houston Oilers, the Oilers with this name to the, to the Texans, and have them become the new Houston Oilers. Damn it, that should He happen. should. We should yeah. have the Houston Oilers back. Love yeah. the blues should be back, back, back in the house. I'm going to be on that crusade for as long as I live. Um, what <laughs> could be the biggest ass whooping of the week? Cleveland and against a pissed off New Orleans team at the Superdome. I don't see New Orleans going 0 2 at home to start the season. That sure as hell don't see them losing, losing to the Browns. This is going to be an ass whooping. No, I got New Orleans. It will be. But my thing is, I, I truly yeah. believe that Chargers Bills game might be the biggest ass whooping, but. Yeah, this might oh, be that no close doubt. second. That might be a very close second. Uh, no doubt. Right, right, right. Okay, Miami at the Jets. I got the Jets in this one. It's a very intriguing matchup, old school division rivals, but I got the Jets winning this one. As do I. Even though the Jets, even though the Dolphins look good, I'm expecting that Jets defense to show up again. I don't know if they create the, the amount of turnovers that they did against uh, 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 Detroit and, and play the way that they mm-hmm. played against uh, the Lions, but I think they show up uh, on the road. They get that running game mm-hmm. going again with Crowell and and Bilal and, mm-hmm. and with uh, and with Cannon, and they go to Miami and they do well again. Chiefs, Steelers, a team that looked good last week in Kansas City, against a team that should be pissed off about a poor play in Pittsburgh. I got Pittsburgh winning at home in this one because they're old Kansas City and they're playing at home. T.J. Watt with four sacks. I forgot to mention him. He's an animal. Mm-hmm. I expect a big year out of him, so I got Pittsburgh winning this one. The team, the mastery over Kansas City. You know what? It's going to be tough. Kansas City coming off a huge win. Pittsburgh coming off a yes. tough, uh, tough tie. But Pittsburgh is coming home, like you say. It's a possibility. Mahomes. Has trouble with Heinz Field, uh, you know, his first time being there as a starter. I, 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 I 
And I think I'm going to go ahead and give it to um, to Pittsburgh in this one. It's a, it's a win. Right. I don't necessarily want to call this a must win, but this is a situation where Pittsburgh does not want to start winless after their first right. two games right now. Right. You got that right with the schedule they have this year, playing the Ennis and South. Whoa. Uh, and yeah. the West as well. Um, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. This is going to be a tale between a great defense versus a uh, offense that hung 48 on New Orleans. They're playing that in yeah. Tampa. And Eagles, Philly got to get that offense there because don't look now, but Vlasis Patrick is threatening to run him out of the building. So, but even still, I'm going to use common sense. I'm not going to get too well excited over week one. I'm going to pick Philly in this one. Concern that if Philly's offense can't turn it up uh, in Tampa, that is going to be problematic for them. Um, uh, until they're capable of doing so. But no Deshaun Jackson, who was a big part of their win against uh, the Saints, I think that uh, the the the, uh, the Eagles walk away with this one. Indianapolis, as your beloved Washington. You guys had a great win last week. I know it's against a lowly, sorry-ass Cardinals team with no quarterback. Well, at least Porcelain Man, Sam Bradford playing as quarterback. But a win is a win, especially on the road. And you guys mm-hmm. coming home, I think you guys go 2-0 and on this one. You know what? I love revisionist history. Going into that game, there were a lot of people who didn't have Washington winning that game. As a matter of fact, a lot of people thought yeah. it, it wouldn't be competitive. New, uh, new QB quote-unquote old-ass running back in Adrian Peterson who don't have, who didn't have anything left in the tank, uh, a questionable right. receiving core, the defense that gave up the most rushing yards to anybody, uh, gave up the most rushing yards to anybody in the, in the league last year. I'm not going to lie to you. When they went up 21 nothing, I still had a knot in my gut thinking that something would happen, that, that Johnson would get a big play, that uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Fitz would get a big play. But when it didn't happen, yeah. I was completely shocked. And the fact that they were capable of holding that office to only six points was a shocker. I don't think they hold Indianapolis to six. But Indianapolis don't got no run game. And the way that the Skins uh, receive it, well, the, the Skins secondary looked against uh, the uh, the Cardinals, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. But I still got the Skins winning this one. Cardinals, L.A. Rams. At the Coliseum, at the L.A. Coliseum, this is going to be another ass but I got the Rams in this one. Yeah, I agree. Rams walk away with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not much to say. Rams walk away with this one, yeah. Get, get ready. Sure. Get your boy Josh Rochin ready. He's going to be, be starting by week four. Oh, God bless him. Yeah, he's he, it, it, it might be after week two. So, <laughs> I mean, I was saying breath lasting through this one. Detroit. At San Fran, I got San Fran in this one. Detroit looked horrible. Again, it's only one week, one game. But I got San Fran winning this one with, with, with Jimmy G making his home debut. We'll hope we'll, we'll open the season. At home. Yeah. God, this could be this could be, this is even. This could actually be a tie, jokingly. But well, um, man, it would be interesting to see uh, San Fran's newly built pass defense play against this team that is known for passing the ball uh, 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 in the past, but now with Matt Patricia, I, I want to see if, mm-hmm. if they're capable of, of being able to carry it on this week, even though it didn't work against the Jets. Mm-hmm. God, I want to take Detroit, but I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and take San Fran. And that was something we didn't talk about either. All of the first-year head coaches Started out uh, last week with a loss going 0 and 7 combined. Mm, that's right. That's right. So something has to give. Uh, yeah. Oakland at Denver. This should be a good game. Oakland played a first, played well for two and a half quarters against the Rams for the bottom fell out of it. I think they'll bounce back, but I don't think they'll win in Denver. I think they'll be very competitive. I got Denver eking out a win and going to 2-0. You know what? You said something I had to give with these first-year coaches. I don't think he gives in this situation yep. either with uh, 
with John Gruden, the one dude everybody slept on in this situation, I find it funny. We talked about the quarterback uh, carousel that happened this past offseason with Kirk yep. Cousins going to Minnesota, Alex Smith going mm-hmm. to Washington, Patrick Mahomes starting in Kansas City, Case Keenum going from Minnesota to Denver, and it worked out for everybody last week. Everybody walked away with a dub. Go figure. And Case Keenum, mm-hmm. like I said, was the one that everybody, out of all four of those guys, he was the least respected out of them, and he looked very good last week. So I, I, I think Case Keenum may be the surprise of the season at the quarterback spot. I'm not going to say he's going to be dominant. I'm just going to say he's going to be the surprise at the quarterback spot. But I have Denver winning that game against Oakland. What could be the game of the week, New England and Jacksonville. Jalen Ramsey has yes. been talking a lot of smack about Gronk having trouble mm-hmm. against cornerbacks. You know Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Gronk are, looking, are, are having those quotes all over the bulletin board. You know, they're playing yeah, in Jacksonville and in a hot-ass heat. I mean, I, I mean, with the rain, I, I mean, no, 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 no rain should, should be coming through there. It's probably, probably going to be hot as hell. Um, I can't, it's hard to pick against the Patriots and in this spot. They don't do too well in Florida. They don't do too well in Miami. So I'm going to go on the limb. I put up a shelf of the week and pick Jacksonville to beat the Patriots in a mild upset. You know what? When you said that, it made me think of something. You are absolutely correct. The Patriots have a hard time, state of Florida, especially against Miami, when it's warm. Mm-hmm. Or I should say, when it's quite tepid, when it's a little hot. And, but the yeah. thing is that I'm concerned about with Jacksonville is the fact that uh, there, will, there may not be a Leonard Fournette, and that means that right. uh, T.J. Yeldon is going to have to step up drastically for that offense. It'll be interesting to see if he does, even even though he looked pretty good against the Giants. But, yeah, that concern about the Patriots in the heat, I may, and I know I picked the Patriots on on my show, and yeah, I'm hedging my bets by saying this, but like that that fact you <laughs> said about the Heat has me sold. I'm taking Jacksonville. It's gonna be hot as hell. It's gonna be, and it's probably gonna be in the 90s. Uh, yeah, because it's gonna be pretty warm in Cincinnati here, so I'm sure it's gonna be hot as hell down there. The humidity is gonna be off the charts. Yeah. Giants and Cowboys Sunday night game. As much as I want to see. Dallas go 0-2, I don't see it happening. I think Dallas wins in the close one on the strip of them being at home. I think Eli is at the end of his career. I think the defensive line for the Dallas Cowboys to get after him. Dallas played well defensively last week. Not that. So it's good mm-hmm. to see things continue. I, unfortunately, am picking Dallas to beat the Giants. Wow. Um, like you said, Dallas did look good defensively against the uh, – the Panthers, but they didn't look good offensively. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Giants in this one because of the fact that they Ooh. looked respectable against that Jags defense last week. And, and like I've been attempting to say to people, I don't know if this happens for the rest of the season, but like I've yeah. been saying about Saquon Barkley, this dude is a one-hitter quitter. He, if you give him a ton of carries, he's not going to give you a ton of yards. He'll break out on one play and then look relatively average, if not less, with the rest, which is exactly what happened last week. He had that 60-yard run. You take away that big run, he had, what, like about right. maybe 40 yards on about 20-something carries. That's true. So, yeah, it's I'm like going ahead. And I'm a, exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and yeah. take Green, I'm going to take the Giants. But, but like I said before, man, I'm still not sold on Barkley just yet. Even though all the Fair talk enough. was there before the season started. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And last but not least, brother, running that game, which has added a little bit added intrigue due to Khalil Mack making his home debut for the Chicago Bears against the Seattle Seahawks. Chicago should have won that game last week. They were probably going to come to this game all pissed off and mad. Seattle yeah. was just not the same squad from, from, from years past. 
They're going to be on two by the end of the day. I got Chicago on this one. No Doug Baldwin. Even though Russell Wilson did look good against that, that, uh, that, that Broncos D, I expect this Bears D to come out hype again, especially after their performance last week. Um, like you said, I think that Chicago comes away with a surprise win to some in this game. Look for a couple of gadget plays with my man Tariq Cohen coming out of there. I think Nagy's going to try to go ahead and run some uh, Tyreek Hill type plays for Tariq in this game. Being, if he's not the only one, I think that we pick being the first one of the first year head coaches to walk away with a dub in this situation, man. Well, this week, but uh, like I said, uh, I think that Detroit, not Detroit, I'm sorry, Chicago, walks away with that sneaky win. Uh, 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 against Seattle. Hey, man. Cool, man. Yo, congrats again on your endeavor. Thanks for helping me preview NFL and talk NFL. Uh, no diggity. Well, actually, no. Is the show going to come up to Maryland? I don't think so. It's going to be well, Carolina. So I'm always going to stay safe. The same way in the areas that are here that flood, I'm expecting them to get flooded, but it shouldn't be like huge damage, so expect damage in Annapolis again, like we've talked about before. Expect some damage right. in, in Old Town Alexandria. But, you know, my blessings and my prayers, well, not my blessings, but my prayers go out, you know, to my little man who's down in the Charleston area. I know they're going to get hit. And to all my folks in Carolina, man, especially the Wilmington, Greensboro, Raleigh, Durham, Fayetteville area, I know they're going to get hit. Man, stay safe, everybody. All right. Well said. Well said. Appreciate you, bro. Be, be cool. No dignity. All right. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on the RSSSBC Sports as well as the radio and his new endeavor. My man making big moves. Thanks again for y'all tuning in to the show. This podcast is Scott Brooks with the Clown Time signing, with the Clown Hour signing off. 06 and good night. <laughs>